All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of That's Bingo Sports Podcast. I am Joe Hendry, joined here by my co-hosts Kyle Eggers and Jacob Beach. Fellas, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Couldn't Fantastic. be better. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it's hard to believe right now, Beach. Oh, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> we'll get into it's, that later. It, it's it's been a it's been a wild last several days since since our recording. Lots been going on, especially with our teams. The boys have been pretty emotionally up and down the past several days. Uh, there's we no mostly roller coaster, mostly down. <laughs> it's definitely yes. as Beach said, been a roller coaster. We got a lot to cover today, um, so let's let's just let's just dive right in, boys. What do you say? Let's get it. All right, let's get cool. this money. Cool, cool. Let's let's talk about some college football first. Um, last time we recorded, I think, was the night before the national championship game, Michigan versus Washington. Uh, I just kind of wanted to go over that a little bit, see you guys, get you guys' thoughts. Um, rough game for Washington. Michigan's defense, they showed out. Um, Washington's defense showed up as well, I think, especially early on there. They just ran out of gas there. But I want to get your guys' thoughts just on, on that game uh, and how that went. Well... I think that I think that this was kind of how a lot of people thought that the game would play out unfortunately. Um it wasn't the the sunset right into the sunset ending that we thought for the Pac-12, which was sad and it was only a foreshadowing of the pain to come. Um sorry beach, sorry beach. But yeah, no, it was a I think it was it was kind of a tough game to watch as a Penix truther because his O-line didn't help him out and he got crunched. He was seeing ghosts at the end of the game, but I think it was closer than the score showed. Yeah, that's fair. Beat you. Yeah, I just think kind of like we said in our, our preview of it, the the Michigan run game dominated the game, obviously yep. getting those, those two early touchdowns off big runs and it just set them up for success the rest of the evening. You get J.J. McCarthy a lead. You get that run game a lead, and it's very hard to come back, and, and ultimately we saw that. Uh, Washington had some chances to make some plays, and they kept it competitive, but Michigan was the best team all year in NCAA football, and they proved that once again uh, on the national championship stage. Yeah, 15-0. Man. Making Penix throw 51 times, that's – Against that defense, that's that's it's going to be tough to win like that for sure. Um, I don't care yeah. how good he's playing, you know. That's usually not a good sign that you're throwing that many times. So, props to Michigan. Yeah. And Michigan um, was doing, Michigan was doing a great job getting pressure, four man pressure. Like they were, they were getting home without bringing any extra guys. Yeah. And so, just like Kyle said, like Penix is not only is he under duress, but now he's also trying to throw into a coverage that's dropping, you know, seven, eight guys. Every mm-hmm. single time, and he's still getting you know getting dressed. So, yeah, it's just uh, it was a rough night for him. It was a rough night for Washington, you know, in their O line. But uh, shout out to Michigan, man. They had a great season, and regardless of the whole sign stealing scandal and Connor Stallions and all that, uh, they really they bonded together and and they proved that they were the best team. They are who we thought they were. They yes. are. We did three hundred yards on the ground, averaging eight yards a pop, four tutties. That's wild. So can't wait to see that every day. Yeah, can't wait to see that in powder blue, man. When Mr. Harbaugh signs, no, it's no. Be I'm telling you guys. No, uh, we'll move on. Jim Harbaugh, welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> no, please, I'm begging. Uh, Nick Saban, man, retired, but felt like just out of the blue. Uh, um, 
it really was a whole lot yeah. of domino effects, which which we'll get to. Um, I mean, I I don't really know what to think about. I my only inclination is that like he just didn't like the direction that college football was going. I know he said he just he would stop when he didn't feel like he could give it give his all anymore. Um, but yeah, it just felt random out of the blue, and I don't know what do you what do you guys think about that? Beach, can, can I? Let me, let me go move? on. Okay, go okay. ahead. I, I heard this. I can't remember if it was a radio show or what I was listening to. Um, but they made a really good comparison. And they were talking about Saban, and then they were correlating it to basketball as well. But like guys like Saban, Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, you know, some of these, these long-time tenured coaches that had been coaching in college athletics forever that they're starting to leave the game now. And I think a big part of that is really due to the transfer portal. I think these coaches really don't want to recruit their kids every single season. And that's what you're seeing. It's not no longer. Is it just that you have to go out and recruit these kids and get them on campus and then you're done. Now you've got to worry about re-recruiting them every single year to make sure that they try to stay in your program. So then like that five-star running back that you just got last year, who, maybe didn't see the field that much. Now all of a sudden you've got to go re-recruit him to make sure that he doesn't leave and, you know, go to some other school that's going to offer him more touches. And so I think that was, I think that's probably one of the biggest changes that these older coaches are having to adapt to is that these players have more freedom of movement than ever before, which by the way, I'm all for, I think it's a great thing. Um, But it is something that I think, it is a struggle for those coaches to truly adapt to it. And I think you're just going to see more and more older coaches phase their way out because they just don't want to have to deal with that. Beach, I almost had the same exact take. Like I, I think that he was leaving because he can't manage as much as he used to. Like Mm -hmm. you, the playoff is expanding as well. And with like NIL stuff and like you're saying the transfer portal, like he's not going to be able to have the same, level of dynasty that he has had the last whatever two decades like (laughs) i don't think it was sustainable and so like for him it's like you either go out essentially on top like you're you made the playoff i think that that's a huge victory Mm -hmm. or you just live to watch the alabama dynasty crumble because the entire country is rooting against you like might as well just retire before you get it taken from you it's kind of what i think yeah yeah that's a good point I mean, I think you guys nailed on the head. Like for years, it was always with with Saban. It was just the next wave of five stars that he recruited two years ago would come and dominate. Yep. You know, the junior year, like Derrick Henry, ran for two twenty two hundred yards his junior year of college. The two years before that, he ran for nine hundred yards and then three hundred and eighty yards his freshman year. Right. Like he didn't actually get a shot until his junior year. Um, because he played behind TJ Yeldon and Kenyon Drake his freshman year. And then TJ Yeldon again, his, the next year, right. It's just one of those things of, he just was able to consistently recycle. Um, and now if a player that's highly recruited to a, you know, blue chip school like that, um, they expect to play. And if not, they're going to go, they're going to go with their best option is. So I hundred percent agree with what you guys yeah. are saying there. So, yeah. and I, I think the thing with, I don't think college coaches love recruiting overall. I think, no, especially for a guy like him where it's like, I've proven my worth to this program and to yeah. these kids. Like if they don't want to come then that's on them. 
And so I think it, it's just one of those things recruiting burns these guys out. You know, being on the road where it's now a year-round thing to recruit not only new players, but then recruit your own players still, it, it's just tiring. They don't really get any downtime. So I think yeah. these older coaches are just going to slowly start to phase out. Yeah. I mean, he's 72 years old. He'd been at Alabama since 07. Like, we were, what, eight years old? Something like that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it was bound to happen at some point. Just kind of still felt like a shock. Kind of fell out of nowhere. Um, and then his replacement, Kalen really Moore, was. from Washington, recently mm-hmm. lost the national championship. Um, we won't talk much about him, but that'll be interesting to see how he does over there. Um, also, one thing, Alabama fans, bunch of trust fund babies, they're in for they're in for a, a shock, I think, once Bama doesn't make the playoffs very soon. <laughs> it'll be it'll be Everybody's interesting. leaving. <laughs> it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how their fans react. Um, anyway, DeBoer. I don't uh, know. I okay, go for I, it. I was going to say, I think DeBoer is going to do a really good job at Alabama. I don't think Alabama is going to fall off as far as people think. He's not saving, but you also don't know that he's not saving. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, he just got Washington to a national title. That's that's impressive. Yeah. So no, you're not wrong. I think if if he can do if he can get Washington to a national title, there's no telling what he can do with Alabama resources. Yeah, that makes sense. But let's move on though. The board leaving Washington causes a major domino <laughs> effect within the bingo the bingo verse. Um, Jet Fish has left the University of Arizona to be the head coach of the University of Washington. Um, It escalated all Sunday uh, this past week. Um, And, yeah, I I just want to hear – let's start with Beach. Beach has been – Beach is telling me he's going to cook here. So I just want to hear what you got to say, Beachy, as our resident U of A truther. Uh, Let me preface this by saying I am not upset that Jed Fish left for Washington. I'm not upset when another man takes a better job, a better opportunity, more money, more resources. I can't fault him for that. What I am upset about is how Jed Fish handles it, handled his exit from the University of Arizona. He basically just left everyone without letting anyone know what his plans were in regards to the players, in regards to the families, in regards to the administration, and in regards to Basically, anybody that had anything to do with U of A. He was, it has been reported that as late as Saturday afternoon, he was telling people in the athletic department and people that he was recruiting on campus. They had recruiting visitors on campus that Saturday when he was being interviewed by Washington, that he had no interest in the job. And then an hour or two later that night, he had the first phone call with Washington. And then later that evening, he had a first interview. And then, like Joe said, things escalated Sunday morning. And then, for me, it all it all culminated, obviously. We found out he took the job. Okay, whatever. But then that video that the Washington AD put out, where Jed Fish is smiling, they're in his Tucson home, they still got the Wildcat sign out front. He can say whatever he wants, and his agent is trying to do a hell of a job right now on Twitter mm-hmm. to do a bunch of damage control. And it's just not working for the people of Tucson. Nobody buys it. They know what Jed was really about now, and that's that he's just fake. He's a fake man. He just doesn't – he says one thing and will do the complete opposite, and that's fine. You know, you can can live your life however you want to. But in my opinion, 
moving forward for the University of Arizona, I think it's good Jed Fish left. It takes a special person to want to be at the University of Arizona and to want to succeed. You can have flash-in-the-pan success, and we've seen that. We've seen coaches come in here, and they've had blips. And I think that's all Jed Fish was, but he was never going to be here long-term. If he didn't get this job at Washington, let's say Saban hadn't retired and he had stayed at Alabama and DeBoer was at Washington, Jed Fish is gone next year to Florida or wherever, or to the NFL. Like he was not staying in Tucson. So the sooner you can get a guy like that, that just from all appearance right now seems to be just a snake, I think it's better for the program moving forward. That's a, that's a take for sure right there. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, Beach knows infinitely more than me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Arizona football fan, but I'm a casual compared to Beach. He's in the message boards. He runs the message boards. I think he's actually an admin. <laughs> I'm on the message boards. Beach, how late were you up on the message boards last night? Oh, gosh. It was at least 1.30 a.m. <laughs> My God. I was uh, in that Twitter space till at least like 1 a.m. I think I left at so like 12.30 my time. I'm an hour ahead of you guys. <laughs> like two hours. Oh my gosh. I was in the other one the other night too. That... Can I just say, shout out to Justin Spears, who's a, a local Arizona reporter here. He writes for the Arizona Daily nice. Star. But uh, he hosted a Twitter space on Sunday night for Arizona Fans event, and it went on for seven hours. <laughs> so you were there the entire seven so of you. Uh, well, uh, the decent amount of it, yes. But uh, so shout out to him because that was that was a fun time to be a part of. But uh, that's good. Yeah. Anyways, Kyle, Kyle, get your take off. I'm, I'm yeah. taking up a lot of time here. No, you're good. I mean, this is this is a this is a safe space, Beach. We're here for you. Yes. Um, thank you. I was I actually was pretty heartbroken when the news came out. Not to take the. I think Beach may be in denial a little bit in that cycle of the, you know, the seven stages of grief. Yes. <laughs> and I will love you anyways, but. Well, thank you. Like, dude, Jed Fish has done a phenomenal job. Like 100%. Has, whether or not you believe he's a tea lifer, which I think there are very few of those, like it hurts losing that guy. Like it, it sucks. It literally sucks so much. And if there are any players that he takes with him, which I'm sure there will be, like that sucks even more. Um, I know nothing about Brent Brennan. I just remember his name being a finalist after Kevin Sumlin was fired. Um, mm -hmm. So I like I know that he was. I know that San San Jose State, <laughs> those San Jose State teams weren't great, um, but like I just I just I'm still lamenting over Jedfish because he he seriously turned the program around and I'm like I'm not quite to the whether it's the denial or acceptance stage where Beach is at. I'm I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> but um but yeah I, I don't know. The I know literally nothing about Brent Brennan. I was actually gonna ask you, Beach, like what are your what are your thoughts? Like do you think that he's gonna be like a game changer? Do you think he's just like whatever? What do you think? Coaching-wise, I'm not entirely sure. Um, just like you brought up, he had a losing record at San Jose State, but I'd argue that almost every coach in America would have a losing record at San Jose State because they yeah. have no resources and they don't dump money into athletics, right? 
So it's a tough situation. He has brought more success to that program than they've had in a long time. And so I think that's automatically a good thing. What I'm in really intrigued by is he's not from Tucson, but he he has his wife has family here. He coached here for a year with Dick Tomey and then coached with Dick Tomey at San Jose State when he went there. Uh-huh. And then his brother was a receiver here on the 98 team that was probably the best team in school history. So he has a lot of connections to the Tucson area. And he was a guy that was just at San Jose State for eight years. So he shows that he's not jumping around job to job, just trying to get to the next big thing. And I think for a program that has now gone through a bunch of different head coaches, I think they're just finally saying, like, man, we just want somebody that can stay here for a few years and try to build something, you know. And it might not be as flashy. It might not be as quick or as high watermark as Jed Fish is right away, right? Because what Jed Fish did, like you said, Kyle, it was incredible to get that team from where they were to 10 and three and winning the Alamo Bowl against Oklahoma is an incredible feat. And I'll forever be thankful for him for that because it, it, it was a phenomenal feat. But Jed Fish never had his intention to stay here, even if he was trying to say that to the AD, to whoever else was listening. He always had one foot out the door. He always had his eye out the window. Right. And I think with Brennan, that's not going to be the case. Now, whether or not he can be as successful as a coach, who knows? He might not be, right? But I'm at least going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I was firmly against the Jed Fish hire when it happened, and I had to do a complete 180 on it. So instead of just completely bashing Brennan, I'm going to say, you know what? Let's at least see what he can do here because he had some amount of success at San Jose State with absolutely no resources. Let's see what he can do at a university that's going to have Power 5 resources with a passionate fan base that has really united over this feeling of being betrayed by Jed Fish. Like there are a lot of people coming out of the woodwork right now to support U of A football, to support these kids, to support this program that was being built and they want it to, to continue. And regardless of whether these players stay or leave, that's what's going to last. And that's, what's going to keep us pushing forward. So that's why I'm really intrigued by him. I don't know if it's going to be a foolproof 100% success story, but I think for somebody to come in and stabilize the ship, I think he's going to do a really good job of that. Yeah. If I can speak to Brennan real quick too, like, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him, but like as a San Diego state fan, you know, playing him in the mountain West and whatnot, um, and just in general, the mountain West San Jose state, they have been a bottom feeder within the Mountain West, which is not an impressive football conference whatsoever for years. Um, and he took them to to be competitive. Um, and at one point, I think it was 2020, all right, COVID year, he took, he, they finished 22nd, I think it was in the college football, final college football rankings, right? They went seven and mm-hmm. one, wow. had a great season. Um, he's led them back-to-back bowl games, three out of the past four years. He's led them bowl games. They they were two and 11 and one 11, back-to-back years, his first two seasons. And then he's had um, three seasons of winning records out of the past five since then. So um, he's done yeah. a lot, again, with a school that has a budget of under $30 million for their athletics. San Jose State is is the arm, is in the armpit of California. Like, nobody wants to go there. Very small facilities. I think he's done a very good job at a small school. Um, he's recruited well. You know, he – I don't know if you guys remember Nick Starkle, um, Texas A&M coach, and then he transferred to Arkansas. Oh, he ended up transferring back or over to San Jose State, at quarterback, played there. Um, very well um, for for a couple seasons. Uh, so it's just one of those things of like he's 
he's shown the ability to hit the transfer portal well. Um, he's uh, he's got Siobhan Cordero, uh, Cordero as well. Past couple seasons, he just transferred out. So I mean, I think I think he's got the ability to recruit well within the California spaces if you're bringing in decent players to a school like San Jose State. Um, and he's he's shown to be able to hit the uh, the transfer portal well. I was looking up some stats on some players recently. He's had several um, JUCO transfers come in and and be very very successful in his in his program. Um, his offense seems to be very competent and whatnot. So if you're able to keep some of the players, which we'll probably get to here soon, Brennan doesn't treat me as well just from the standpoint that he hasn't been terrible at a terrible location like San Jose State. Yeah. That's going to be his biggest challenge right now. Now that he's hired, which also I want to say a, a huge credit to Dave Hickey and to you know Robbie Robbins getting this done fast. Um, and really, it, it, it starts with you know just the college football landscape, right? You saw Alabama make a hire, basically forty eight within seven you know forty eight to seventy two hours after Saban retired, right? Same thing with Washington. Now Arizona's doing the same thing. You can't wait around anymore to hire a coach because your entire team's going to leave if you do that for more NIL money and you know better opportunity, whatever it might be. You've got to get a coach in here within a day or two and see what they can do mm-hmm. to try to retain that roster. And so I'm, I'm very happy that Dave Hickey and, and Robbins really got this done quickly because now Brennan, he's already had a meeting with the players from what I've heard and what I've seen on Twitter. It sounded like it was a very impressive meeting and a very impressive pitch for the kids to stay. And so if he can just work on keeping this, this group together, you know, it could be something where Arizona still can be one of the, you know, favorites to win the Big 12 next year. Now, obviously the players still have a long way to go. I will never, I will never bash a player if they want to leave the University of Arizona after Jed left because ultimately they came here to play for Jed. And now Jed's gone. They have every right to move on. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm hopeful that they give, you know, Brennan a chance and they at least see what he can do. Um, and we can, you know, move on from there. I'll, I'll bash them if they leave. If you don't want to, <laughs> I will. Yeah, we'll let Kyle. That's fair. We'll let Kyle do that. Beach, you probably I'll bash saw the Jed all I want. <laughs> That's good. Beach, you probably saw the clip too of uh, Fafita and McMillan's uh, of podcast, something like that. I don't know. That just seems like an interesting phrasing of the way that they went about um, talking about how they're not going to take the easy way out, things like that, you know. Um, yeah. You know, that, that almost – you know, again, we we can be we can be the the uh, optimistic fans and whatnot, but that almost feels like a dig at at the situation that Jed put them in. Um, so to me, it's like, all right, that's feeding. That's enough to feed the delusion that they're going to stay to give to give us the hope that we'll that we'll be competitive continually. Look, like I know Jed Fish left already, but Jason Shear reported on his podcast. Noah Fafita turned down a million dollar plus offer from Ohio state to play there. Mm -hmm. Like if he's turning down those type of offers, he at least has some loyalty, maybe not to the U of a, but to the players that he's with. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think we're either going to see a large number of these players stay at the U of a because they want to stay and play with each other and play for each other. Or we're going to see a large number of them transfer because they feel that it's the best for them as a unit. I don't think you're going to see a mix of, you know, some guys leave, some guys don't. I think it, they're going to have a very united message here in the next, you know, coming days, weeks. I think we're going to see a united message one way or the other of, of what their intentions are. And if they decide to transfer, I'll be sad, but I'm going to support them one way or the other. But, man, 
if they decide to stay and they accomplish the, if they if they accomplish what they're capable of next year they they legitimately will be looked at as legends of the University of Arizona not just the football program like the entire school as a whole they will be up there with like the Lute Olsons, the Steve Kerrs, the Sean Elliotts, all those guys. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. I mean, so far the biggest names that I've seen have left are, are Coleman and Ephesians Price Lock, right? So that's those are the two biggest ones that have announced their transfer yeah. portal, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I would expect Coleman to go to Washington because he had a <laughs> phenomenal relationship with Scotty Graham. And from what I've heard with about Scotty Graham here, it'd be hard not to want to go leave and play for that guy. That guy's not only a phenomenal coach, he's a phenomenal human being. And so I, I can't blame Joe Coleman one bit for wanting to follow him because yeah. it's a great relationship that he has. And then with Prysock, I mean, he's a great corner and um, it's obviously, it's tough to see him go, but if Arizona is able to keep some of the other corners in house that they've brought in, I think they'll be, they'll be all right there as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting, man. I think I, I really do. I mean, Kyle, you said you think they'll stay. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do, just considering what, you know, what the, what the whole message was that fish was preaching while he was at the U of a, you know, the whole family, you know, we, we stick together, we, we work through it all kind of deal. Um, I mean, Brent Brennan was at San Jose state for seven seasons. You know, that's really not that common in, in, in today's college football landscape. Um, nope. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays here the entire, I mean, regardless of the success stays here, the entire five year uh, contract that he signed and potentially further on as well. So, um, I mean, here's the hope in that that they stick around and and kind of see this thing through. I mean, yeah. That'd be that'd be super awesome. I uh, think with Brennan, and I'm hearing this a lot too from a lot of Arizona circles. Like, and obviously things are fluid, things can change. But it, like, Brennan's not going to be the type of guy that leaves for another job. Like, he either finishes out his career here and he retires here because he's doing so well, or he gets fired because he's struggling. <laughs> like, those are the two realistic outcomes. He's not going to leave for a bigger job. He he wants to be here. And I think that's that's important. Yeah, absolutely. No, it'll be fun, man. I mean, you guys' schedule next year, it, it obviously new conference, everything. It's it's a tough schedule, but one that if if you guys keep keep some people around, man, it doesn't surprise me at all if you end up with max one two losses. If you're able to um, to to retain some of those some of those uh, key players. So, anything else regarding the interesting U of a? times. And the uh, the transfer from Fish to Brennan. Iron Anson. That'd yeah, be great. I agree with that. That'd be pretty wonderful. I'm just I'm just happy that I'm happy to be on this side of it because 48 hours ago was rough. I was sad. <laughs> I was heartbroken that Jed Fish left. But the more I've the more I've heard about Jed and the more I've like looked into this situation the more I'm kind of just glad that he's moved on because I think he's going to do the same thing to Washington in a few years, whenever another job opportunity opens up, you know, whether it be at Florida or the NFL, whatever it might be, he's going to smooth talk his way to somewhere else. And that's just who he is, man. Yeah. And it is, it's, it is what it is. You, you know, people aren't always genuine and especially in, in this type of business, but I think for the university of Arizona and for the, the people that you need here to be successful, I think Brent Brennan is really going to fit the culture of the the university and of Tucson very well. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. Dude, honestly, I I mean, Beach, you were telling me last week, like, that Fish would probably want that Florida job. I mean, that being an SEC team and everything like that. Like, I, it it wouldn't surprise me 
and I don't know the likelihood, but it wouldn't surprise me if he jumps ship after a season. You know, if things don't necessarily go great at Washington um, and that Florida job does open up and he does well enough to still get some interest. I mean, I don't know if you guys have checked out Florida's schedule next year. It's brutal. I think Napier's done there. I mean, they go, they play Miami, yeah. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, UCF, Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. They're probably winning three Not games this year. You know, Jeez. so that's one of the things that if that job opens up next season, man, I fish could jump ship again um, and, and try to get to that SEC school before making the jump to the NFL. So, um, yeah, Beach, like yeah. you said, to kind of I mean, wrap it all up at the beginning, it might be it, this might be, you know, in potentially in hindsight, might be a blessing in disguise that fish did leave. I mean, they asked him today in his introductory press conference, you know, and, and that's usually one of the things where coaches are lying out their teeth, right? And they asked mm-hmm. him about staying long-term, and he completely danced around the question. I mean, he didn't want anything yep. to do with answering that question because he knows he's not going to be there for a long time. You look at his career, and he's at a place one to two years. People find out who he is, and then he leaves. Yeah. So, well, if that's that's all we got on that situation. You guys cool if we move on to the NFL? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, like we said, crazy week this past week. The coaching carousel is spinning um, big time. Just to kind of recap it, Tennessee fired Mike Vrabel. New England parted ways with Belichick. Pete Carroll is no longer the head coach in Seattle. Atlanta fired the terrorist Arthur Smith. Washington fired Ron Rivera. And then we also have the three head coaching openings uh, midseason um, in Vegas, Carolina, and the L.A. Chargers. Um, we might not be done as well. There's rumors that both Philly and Dallas, uh, that uh, Mike McCarthy and uh, Nick Sirianni could be on their way out as well. Um, boys, it's been it's been wild. I just want to know, what do, you, what do you guys think kind of about this this coaching cycle that's going on right now. What do you think are some like perfect fits for some of these coaches with some of these openings? I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I mean, you know what, you know, you know some of my thoughts for sure, uh, but I want to hear your guys' first. I have some thoughts. I think, I think that Mike McCarthy would be, I think Mike McCarthy would be very good on the Battle Hawks in the XFL. <laughs> That guy <laughs> needs to be out of the NFL. See ya. Oh my goodness. How many times have you seen I, – I think the one thing that I never got growing up watching football, I was like, dude, why are we just swapping head coaches? It's the same guy that just got fired two years ago. He's going to go to another place and they're expecting different results. I think that Mike McCarthy is one of the last of those people hmm. where it's like, okay, like we know who he is. He's not going to do anything. He's probably gone. I think I think Sirianni will probably also get fired just because like that was a brutal end of the season and Philly is like no nonsense. Um and their windows right now. So mm-hmm. like they gotta figure it out. But I have no idea in terms of like other other people going other places. I know that there was like rumors of Rabel going back to New England. I know that there was Rumors of uh, Belichick going to Atlanta, like, I don't know. Like, to me, it just – I have literally no idea. But I think that it's – I'm hoping that it's like a new era and people seeing the the Sean McVay's, Mike McDaniels, like all of these younger coaches that are just coming and 
making teams out of nothing who've just been assistants their whole career. I hope that we just see some new people get, get a shot. I think that would be cool. That's, that's all that I want. Yeah. I think we will, man. I think, I mean, there's some pretty hot names out there like Ben Johnson, obviously. I, I mean, he was a popular name yeah. last season, um, you know, came back with Detroit and it's, it's worked out so far for them. But I think, I think this is his last season there. He'd be head coach, Mike, Mc, uh, Mike McDaniel, or not, sorry. Who's it? Uh, McDon- Mike McDonald um, with Baltimore, right? That defense was crazy good. <laughs> Just so the things that they do, they do there are pretty fantastic. I mean, those are the two main names. Um, there's plenty I'm forgetting, but I think we'll, we'll definitely get some, some, I mean, Bobby Slowick is another one. We'll definitely get some young up and coming coaches. Um, and I think we'll probably get some decent resets for guys like Belichick, guys like Vrabel. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, Beach, give me, give me your thoughts on the coaching carousel so far. I mean, I think it will be interesting. My, the one I'm looking at right now is Philadelphia. Like, what do they decide to do? Um, I think you told me last night, you joked that. Nick Sirianni would have gotten a four-year extension from Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime last year, <laughs> uh, which made me laugh. But uh, if they do get rid of him, I Bill Belichick there would be intriguing to me. Oh, my gosh. Um, scares me. Just that with that defensive lot, personnel, I'm like, man, they they would be scary if he went there. But his, that's the only one that I'm at, like. He excels at coaching linebackers, which is their biggest weakness right now mm-hmm. on defense. And, like, if he gets a couple of good players in there, that – Makes me nervous, man. Yeah, they'd they'd have a scary team, I think, if you went there. But ultimately, like, I think it's one of those things you never really truly know what a coach is going to look like until they actually start getting some games in outside of the head coaches, like Kyle just said. Um, and I think we are going to see a lot of these these coordinators getting hired because that's that's what everyone wants, right? As soon as Sean McVay had that success, they're like, we want the next Sean McVay, and now it's <laughs> we want the next Mike McDaniel, and. You yeah. know, and it's next it's going to be the we want the next Shane Steichen. Like that's that's how it, it's been evolving the last few years, and I don't see that being any different. Obviously, yeah. you're going to have the coaches that you know got fired that maybe shouldn't have. Like I, Vrabel getting fired in Tennessee, I think was another one that I was like, yeah, that was that was really bizarre to me. I I don't think he was the issue in Tennessee. I think he was far from it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I think he could go somewhere and quickly turn a team around and have some success. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Obviously I, I want Harbaugh to go to the chargers just for Joe's sake. So I don't have to hear him complain about it anymore, but uh, yes, please. Yeah. Joe, what are you, uh, I know you want Harbaugh, but outside of the, the obvious. Yeah. What else? I mean, I, for the Chargers specifically, like Harbaugh's Harbaugh's number one. I don't want Belichick this. I mean, we're the chargers are in a unique position where um, we have the quarterback and that's about it. Like, usually it's the other way around. It's mm-hmm. like bad teams have talent elsewhere, but they don't have the quarterback, you know? Um, and, you know, at the very base level for success, you need a quarterback, you need a coach. Like, that's really – those are the two biggest deals there. Um, and, and I think they can do that. So, it's like, for me, there's a pretty big gap after Harbaugh. Vrabel would be awesome. I think he can coach a defense pretty well. He's been successful so far in the NFL. I think he's never had a quarterback like Herbert. Um I think he's committed to the run game and he understands how to make the run game work, which is something that would only help Herbert. Um, ben Johnson is intriguing to me as well, just what he's been able to do with, with the Lions offense and just a really consolidated approach with like four, like two, he's got two pass catchers um, and then his ability to use both Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs in really unique ways. And just, he's just incredible. Um, those are probably my two names after that. I don't like Belichick. I just don't think he, he would need roster control and I don't like the way that he would probably build the team up from the bottom. Um, 
So I don't I don't know, man. Though it'll be it'll be fascinating. I mean, there's other openings like Atlanta that really interest me. I think Belichick in Atlanta, like they interviewed him. That one would be fascinating to me. Just again, like with the offensive talent that's already there, that's young. He doesn't need to really construct the roster from the bottom up. Um, he just needs to go in there and work with the strengths and get the ball to his best players, you know? Um, so that one's fascinating. Um, I do think Seattle made a mistake though in without Carroll. I think that Pete Carroll's I forgot about of, that one as well. That, yeah, that yeah. one was surprising. I think Pete Carroll's run of success for a few years there, it spoiled the Seahawks, um, the Seahawks front office. It spoiled Seahawks fans. I mean, I even saw a lot of Seahawks fans were like, let's go. We we're, we're getting rid of Carroll. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, bro, that dude has taken, Last year was was one of the worst defenses ever to a winning record, and the and did they make the playoffs last year? They did, right? Um, and then this year again to a winning I think record. They did, yeah. This year to a winning. They needed record. they needed a Green Bay loss last year, right, to the Lions, and that happened. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then again this year, like it wasn't it wasn't they it wasn't as good, but like Gino was beat up at different points in time. Like I still think they had an underachieving defense. Uh, there's not a lot of talent on that side of the ball. I mean. Um, he's made the playoffs several times in the past five years. Still, I just, to me, that feels um, like a, like a rough move. And on the flip side though, there's the idea that he's been there a long time. Maybe it was just one of those, you've been there too long time to move on and do something different, um, which I think there's validity to that. Um, So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where, I mean, what this all happens, the implications of it all like Dallas, let's say McCarthy goes away. Dak is up for a contract situation, right? I think, um, or contract extension. That's super interesting. If they get a new coach, does he want Dak? If does Dak hit the open market? You know, I think that um, there's just a whole bunch of really, really fun dominoes that could that could come out of this um, this head coaching um, this head coaching season. Um, so we'll see, man. I'm I'm super excited though. I really do think you know I'm pretty confident we get Harbaugh. Um, I mean, we met with him. Uh, a couple days ago, I think it was yesterday. I met with him yesterday. There are rumors that talks were ongoing today. We've interviewed a couple of GM candidates. I think my my theory my theory is that if we hire a GM the next couple of days, um, that then Harbaugh is essentially um, is essentially uh, he's a Charger for sure. Because that would have just meant to me that their conversations the past couple of days have just been uh, about personnel. Who does he want? Um, and then they just get that process rolling. So those I are my thoughts on that. To go wrong for you. Dude, if we're 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 gonna bring in Dan Quinn and I'm gonna freak out. Arthur Smith. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh great Evans. <laughs> Arthur can don't even don't even give me that, dude. Do you think well, you Antonio said, Pierce gets the Raiders job? He should, but he probably they have to. I bet. They have to, dude. Like with what the players have already said, there's no shot that Mark Davis can't give the job to him. Like it, Have you it, seen Mark Davis's haircut? He's not known for making good choices. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Mark Davis, this is, this is yeah, true. I don't know if we can count on him to make a good decision. Yeah. You see, here's, here's where I'm at. Like, I know Antonio Pierce had a had a good a good season and everything like that. Um, but there's a part of me that, like, wants the Raiders to do that. Like, I, I wasn't necessarily overly impressed with Pierce. I think they have to do it for the sake of keeping the team together. I mean, Max Crosby already said, he's like, I might ask for a trade if we don't get Pierce back. If that happens, I'm just like, number one, if they don't go with Pierce, then their best player is potentially gone. There's dysfunction in the front office, again, as they usually is. Um, and then, or if they do get Pierce, like, I'm not sold on him as a head coach. So, to me, it just seems like a win-win situation mm-hmm. for me with the Raiders. But he should get the job, I think, based on what he's already done there. 
Cliff Kingsbury, welcome to Las Vegas. Oh, that'd be horrible. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. There's the rumors of him going as the offensive coordinator, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Antonio <laughs> Pearson. Antonio oh. Pearson, Cliff Kingsbury. That's a combination. All day long. I actually have a question. Two of the guys you? that have failed upward the most, I think, in their careers. Yeah. Probably. I, I need that. I need some upward failure in my life. <laughs> I mean, Pierce literally, like, demolished ASU. Oh, yeah. Like, he got in trouble with recruiting violations. Yeah. And then Arizona now he legends. somehow – Yeah. And now he somehow talked about being an NFL head coach. Yeah. that's. And then Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, his story is obviously – everyone knows his story. Just being a under 500 coach at Texas Tech all of a sudden is handed the keys to the NFL franchise. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. No, that's Probably. wild. Uh, what, what I hope job? they do, and then I hope they go back on hard knocks. <laughs> but but beach what, so what job opening do you guys think what job opening do you guys think is is like the most attractive right now to a prospective head coach Seahawks uh probably not Gino is your quarterback is kind of tough I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer I'm gonna say the Chargers let's go I I just think Having the quarterback in place, even though that's the only thing they have in place, that's the most important piece to have in place. Mm-hmm, like, true. If you have that, you are looking at a significantly shorter amount of time to rebuild a team than if you don't have that. Yeah. So if they get the if they get the coach right and they get the pieces around him right, I mean, they can be back to a playoff team in no time. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the most attractive opening just because Herbert's there. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, another question: Would you Joe? guys, if you guys were the GM, would you fire Sirianni? Mm, I wouldn't. I don't think I would either. The guy just went to a Super Bowl. They still made the playoffs. I know. I know they flamed out, but that's still. I think it's probably a year too soon. It's fair. I do think that like the the Eagles just look defeated for the last like two months of this it was weird so like maybe i mean we're we're speaking from an outsider's perspective but they were playing like a team whose coach lost the locker room like that's Mm -hmm. what they were playing like and so if that's the case like i don't hate the move of firing him if it's if it's going to get your team to rally around somebody new and play inspired but like i don't know from an outsider's perspective i think that he's performed too well to fire him that's fair that's fair that's kind of how i feel too but at the same time like I kind of felt that way with Cliff, and then the next year they went like four and thirteen. So it's like sometimes that struggle at the end of the year turns into an entire season struggle the next year. And so if that's the case, then I think Sirianni is obviously gone. And it might be faster where it's like, hey, if you're two and six going into week nine, you're you're done, you know. But we'll see what yeah. happens. I still think it's too soon. That's fair. I'm sending him packing, hundred percent. And I think he's an awful head coach. Of course I- you are. I think he's been you a terrible coach. I we don't have time yes, to go into that. <laughs> no, I. Oh, so you've got to say um, one positive affirmation about the Eagles. What? Oh, I can say here's here's one. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played a good game today against Tampa Bay. I don't think he was the problem at all. 
there's there's an affirmation. I think he played very well against Tampa. I don't know if that's a really positive affirmation. So I'm just. That's what I'm saying. He. I don't. Well, I'll I don't think Jalen Hurts is the problem there. I think Nick Sirianni is the main problem there. That's yes, what I'm is. saying. Is I would get rid of him. No, I think Hurts is a system quarterback, but I don't think he's the main problem. Oh my! Sirianni is the main problem. Sirianni is Sirianni is a huge problem there. That's that's all. Jalen Hurts is the problem because he's in Nick Sirianni's system. No, <laughs> Nick Sirianni is the problem because he's just an idiot. He doesn't know how to coach a team. <laughs> Did you guys see the tweet where it was like Nick Sirianni when he's a defensive analyst or whatever they said at UMass next season during the national anthem? There's like two yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. you killed me. That one was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting, man. Um, there'll be some high-profile jobs out there. Um, just waiting for that, that Harbaugh. That Harbaugh notification is going to hit like crack, dude. I can't wait. What happens if he goes to another team? I literally will gritty off the top of SoFi. Like I, I'm, no. <laughs> I am so. I will be so sad. Oh, great! Heavens. Like my fandom will be tested to the point of when they left San Diego. I think. Um, I hope the Chargers hire. After, dude, after no, the whole dude. debacle of the past, no. just the past year, twenty-seven to nothing. The whole, the whole crap with Staley. Me being delusionally invested in Brandon Staley and this team. Like I, I'm, I'm at my tipping point, man. Like if we don't get Harbaugh after everything that has happened, even recently with all the, I mean, everything is pointing to getting Jim Harbaugh. If we don't get him, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I'm going to freak if out. If you don't get him, I'll, t- I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to record <laughs> That's Bingo Sports Podcast next week, and you're going to be talking about who you got, and you're going to say, I believe in Antonio Pierce because oh he, had, he, had, <laughs> he had won those games in, a, in, the, in Las Vegas. Dude, you're going to be delusionally invested you, again. I can't tell you how deep into the advanced statistics I will be with the, some random head coach that if we we're gonna go get like Dallas's defensive backs coach to be our head coach or something like that, and I will like tell you why Trayvon Diggs and Deron Bland are the best cornerback duo in the league, and that is why he is gonna lead us to the Super Bowl. That's a thousand percent what I'm gonna do. Oh, You're one year away from Jed Fish interviewing for the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my. dude! Hey, Joe. Good news: his buyout decreases every single year, so you might be able to get him for pretty cheap. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, dude. Honestly, something that's fascinating to me is the Spanos have actually made really smart football moves in the past, like two months, and I don't know how to feel, and I think it's all fake. Which, like, that's the one part that doesn't that's making me not be fully confident in us hiring Jim Harbaugh. It's just like so I have a very good question. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Do you rather the char- the Chargers hire Jim Harbaugh, or they go back to San Diego? Oh, dude, I bring them back to San Diego, dude. I would not prefer that. Wow, one hundred percent. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to the city, man. He's gonna That's... gritty off the top of the remains of Qualcomm Stadium. You heard yeah, it here yep. first. We play games. Echo Park for two seasons while they better build a rinky dinky stadium in El Cajon or something no. like that. Oh my gosh. Snapdragon. We're all going to Snapdragon. That's true. That's true. Snapdragon is a terrible place to be, but we will be going to be there. Uh, it'll be just, it, well, it can't be worse than the soccer field you guys were playing at for three yeah, years or however that's, long. That's true. That's true. While the but Rams yeah. built their stadium and then you guys just moved in. We did. And you paid adult, for half of it. Thank you. Adult. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, I'd take them back to San Diego, though, man. Like, I, I want the team to succeed, but, like, that 
it, that just broke my heart when they left. Um, and uh, well, Jim Harbaugh's about to break your heart now. So he is. That's all this team ever does to me. But he is a Raider, <laughs> dude. Oh, that would be the worst if he goes to the Raiders. There's like Jim, the, welcome to Philadelphia. There would be nothing. Like <laughs> if he goes to Philly, I get it. The team is like they're primed for a Super Bowl run. It, I would be so sad. But if he goes to the Raiders, man. I'm, I can't even tell you what how sad I'd be. I'd be so hyped. I would literally. I would agree on the top of SoFi. You, I wouldn't you jump would off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's enough. Can we talk about the playoffs? Oh, Kyle is too hyped up on this. I need him to be sad again. Playoffs. <laughs> Let's talk about the playoffs. Kyle, do you want to start with it or do you want to end with it? Playoffs. Let me just. I've been sad all week. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Rip the let me talk off. about it. For all week, he means two days. Oh, no, shut up. Uh, uh, okay, let's go. Rams versus the Lions, man. Goff versus Stafford. The return of Stafford, McVay, Goff. All, all the narratives, man. You guys lose by one. The only good game of the week, to be honest with you. Yeah. I got thoughts on the game, Kyle, but I want to yeah. hear your homer takes, your sadness. Pour it all out. Yeah, that game was infuriating to watch, honestly. We should have won that game. I mean, I am delusional, but we should have won that game. There were so many things that just were wrong about that game. But first, we couldn't stop the run to save our lives pretty much the whole game. And we couldn't run the ball. to like I think we had like 40 yards rushing the entire game. That right there in enough – like. You look at the rushing stats and think we lost by 100 points. But we didn't because Puka, Offensive Rookie of the year went off for 200 uh, yards. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's just that last P.I. that was not called hurt my soul. And I know it's ironic. I heard, I saw the Saints memes. Oh, how can Ramson's fire about the <laughs> Shut, Shut up. Okay. I was those people. Yes, you were those people. But, like, uh, yeah, it, it just it, it sucked. Like The fact that we targeted Cooper Cup a hundred times in the red zone for no reason. Like, there was just – there was a lot. Like, everybody was banged up. But I'm not quite to this point. But when I get there, it's – in the grand scheme of things, this was a year where everybody projected us to win four games. This was a year – where we had to eat $80 million of dead cap space. And it was essentially a loss year. This is going to be our first year with a first round pick. Everyone just thought that we were just going to die. Tank for Caleb, the USC to LA Rams propaganda was already like coming out at the beginning of the season. And I was kind of on the hype train, but like we overperformed every expectation. I'm proud of them, but it, it hurt my soul to watch Jared goof beat us in a football game. <laughs> yeah, man. I good old I'm, Jared Goop. I mean, you mentioned man, people project them for four wins. I remember texting you guys um, at the beginning of the year and saying this Ram team, this Ram team is going to win two games. Um, I thought they were that bad. That de- their defense, I didn't think had anybody. But of course, Les Need hit on two mid-round defensive ends, two pass rushers. Like, I mean, he hits on a he hits on the best rookie receiver we've ever seen. He, Kyron Williams comes out of nowhere. Like, like, I mean, to be fair, we probably should have seen this just considering their track record and Stafford coming back healthy, you know, and everything. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just based on the expectations, like I thought they were going to get the one pick. I was like, they're just, they're, they're going to go for Williams and fantastically impressed with the season. Um, but just to, like you said, a brutal way to go out. Like, I mean, look, I'm looking at the stats, the stats right now, man, it is dead even like 55 total plays for both teams. You guys outgained them by almost a hundred total yards, um, more yards per play. But you guys lost it in the red zone, and you guys went 0 for 3 in the red zone. The, the Lions went 3 for 3 in the red zone, and that was the difference. You set up for field goals. Um, I think I, I, I knew it was GG's, I think, when you guys missed that fade route to Cooper Cup, which terrible play call. Don't ever run a fade. When you guys missed that fade route to Cooper on the left side of the end zone, I had to kick a field goal. Um, I think it was like yep. third quarter or something like that. Like that to me, it was like they're just – they can't execute in the red zone tonight. Um, Brutal loss, brutal way to end the season, but respect, like you said, you'll get there. Respect to the Rams for outperforming considerably. I mean, you guys were three and six at one point or something like that. Um, and and yep. making it to the playoffs and, and given one of the hottest Super Bowl um, picks right now, uh, a good game in their, in their home stadium. What I will say, this is what I'm probably most excited for. I know that the Rams have a first round pick and everyone's like, oh, like this is going to be McVay's first round pick. That's great. What I'm more excited for is the Rams have seven picks in the fifth and sixth round. And we don't miss those. We hit those picks. And we're going to pick Sam Hartman, and he's going to sit behind <laughs> Matt Stafford for two years. And then he, Sam Hartman's going to be 30 because he was in college for 18 years. And, that, and then him and Stetson Bennett are going to have the greatest first-year tandem but the oldest first-year tandem quarterback oh my gosh. in history. And we're going to win the Super Bowl with two first-year quarterbacks that are 35 years old. That's all. <laughs> I will say, I think, I think you guys have to draft a quarterback. I've actually been doing – I've look, been looking into a lot about the, the stats behind quarterbacks that sit for at least half of their first season in the NFL. And the, they play really, really well. Um and the stats back it up, which is really fascinating. So I think getting someone to sit a year or two behind Stafford would be really, really, um, really beneficial for you guys. Um, so uh, before we move on to the next game, shout out to the Lions. First first uh, playoff win in, what, 32 years or something like that? So good for yeah. them. Too no, bad you not shout out to the Lions. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to sell the, the soul of the Detroit Pistons to get this. Um, but I mean, Michigan football overall, right now, Michigan football right now is, uh, they're, they're on a high with the, with the university of Michigan and uh, the Detroit lions playing well. So, uh, let's move on to the next game though. We had the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. We covered that a little bit earlier. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that game though. The Eagles are frauds. I was going to say, I don't have very many more thoughts. The Eagles are frauds. Baker Mayfield's back. Never left, baby. Rams never left. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say. I just felt this. I think this was a very, very predictable outcome overall. Like, I. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was headed that way with how the Eagles had been playing. So I wasn't surprised to see that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. They took it to him. The the play of the game for me was when Devontae Smith, the only time they ran him on a slant. And they almost took it to the house, and they just proceeded to never fill the middle of the field again with anybody as Tampa Bay just played cover zero the whole game. Just terrible, terrible adjustments, terrible coaching. Um, shout out Tampa. Shout out Baker, man. Um, that's, that 
that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup against San Francisco until they lose by twenty seven. So I bet everybody yeah. will be like Baker's back, and then right. he won't be. They're playing the play of the game is when. Who do they uh, play? No, you're right because Tampa was the four seed. Plays I, Green I Bay. thought you're right. I thought it'll be it'll be against the Lions for some reason. I just because of the nine and eight. Sorry, record, like, everyone. Yeah, with the nine and eight record, I was like, oh, they're the. You're the podcast host. Forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll quit my job. With with that's bingo. Uh, no, that'll be fun against the Lions. Actually, <laughs> that makes it more entertaining. I think for me. <laughs> um, Beach, you were saying though. Yeah, that makes it significant. Sorry, uh, the the play of the game for me was when Jalen Hurts pump faked in the end zone and then still <laughs> proceeded to get a safety for intentional grounding. <laughs> that was great. So that that made me laugh. Yeah, that was that was a oh, that man. was a game. That was a game for sure. A, a game of all time. Uh, moving on, Bills versus Steelers. Um, but I see a bunch of angry Steelers fans all over Twitter right now, angry about penalties and whatnot. Um, just. Really not a pretty game. Bro, at they lost to the Cardinals this year. They were irrelevant. That's that's what I that's I mean, look, okay. I I have talked enough crap Doesn't about, the Steelers about you. this season. <laughs> look, yeah, I know. I mean, that's my thing is the Steelers are not a good team, so I just I don't want to hear it about your penalties. The Bills outplayed you in every facet of the game. Um but I mean just an ugly game for Pittsburgh. I they just they got outplayed. I think it the score was not indicative yeah. of how badly they got outplayed, in my opinion. Nope, it was not. This is Kenny Pickett's person. not him. Mason Rudolph's not him. They they're just not it. Yeah, I'm gonna make a disclaimer for the rest of this section. This is a this is a Chargers and Cardinals free zone. Okay, you guys don't get to talk about them at this point of the season. Okay, mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. we can talk about mm-hmm. none of them, none mm-hmm. of our three teams mm-hmm. at this there's, point there's, of the season. There's there's a couple games, Kyle. That there's make, always next that year. make me want to bring up my my beloved Chargers. So don't be don't, don't okay. be surprised. <laughs> we'll see. I know. Um, I already but, know what you're talking about, but continue. <laughs> uh, I I the bill. I I have the bills going all the way, man. I don't think it'll be. I think they. I think they're playing. They're on fire right what? now. What? I do. I think they'll beat Baltimore I, in the I, AFC Championship game. Where are the Chiefs losing next round? To built to, to the Bills. Yes, to the Bills. Oh. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's fair. All right, we could disagree. We could, um, let's right. let's move on to the next game. next game though. Let's go Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, we already went over that one. Green Bay, another Bay. Uh, Green Bay versus Dallas. <laughs> what an incredible performance by Jordan Love! Perfect passer rating. I mean, you can't play any better than Jordan Love played. Dude, wide receivers were open everywhere across the field. Like I, there was a play where it was it was it Musgrave? I think it was yeah, it was Luke Musgrave caught this pass. Oh he just stood there, and then he like looked around, and nobody was there. Like the screenshot, and there was nobody within twenty yards. Of him. <laughs> like, what was going on, man? The Cowboys are doing what they do best. This was the part <laughs> of the cycle. We knew that this was coming. This mm-hmm. is that time of the year. Yep. Joe texted us and tried to make it about him when the Packers were up twenty-seven to zero. It had I've nothing seen to do with before, it man. I'd seen it before. No, it was twenty-seven. This was a different movie. <laughs> this was a movie with a better quarterback. No, no, do not get me started, bitch. 
Do not get me started on this. I will hijack this podcast if I hear anything about Jordan Love or CJ Stroud or Tua Tagovailoa. I will take this over, and this will be a two-hour episode. All right, <laughs> no more of that. I, I imagine, if, game, imagine if the Chargers had a top ten quarterback. Oh my gosh! Imagine if they had yeah. a dude who ran for 118 yards in a playoff game and actually was able to control the ball. And maintain the lead, okay? <laughs> oh Joe's my voice gosh. is cracking. He's about to tear up. I'm, I'm <laughs> freaking out. I am, I'm sweating right now. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just an abysmal game by Dallas, man. Um, I think, they're, I think their Dallas defense sucks. is the main culprit. Dude, I, did you guys see the, like, they, they played um, – I think it was like Dallas excelled at playing man defense the whole year, and they just ran zone the entire game this week, and they just got picked That's up. That's Dallas thing to do. Like, like, literally, I saw all these people. I, I don't remember who it was. A bunch of people on Twitter being like, "Dan Quinn, what are you doing? We play man defense, and we're running zone." It just, yeah. I mean, Green Bay's been Green Bay's on fire right now. Jordan Love. I can't um, wait till he, Joe's talking about that same thing next year for the Chargers. He's dude. Oh man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to let that slide. Uh, Jordan love is the truth. <laughs> Moving on Kansas city, Miami in what was it like negative 30 degree wind chill or something like that. Um, Patrick Mahomes helmet is cracking on the field Tua Tagovailoa is the worst football player. Um, they, they just got. They just got. You guys, have you guys not seen that clip of Tua saying that? I, I am the worst football player. Yeah. I was crying and got a gronk when I saw that afterwards. It's, I am the worst football player. I'm like this, this is this is great. Um, but yeah, dude, the Dolphins didn't stand. I mean, they just couldn't do a thing. Rasheed Rice, Rasheed Rice cooked them. Isaiah Pacheco was was a workhorse on the ground. Um, what are you guys thoughts on that game? <clears throat> I think that this is the time of the year that the Chiefs show up, which is why they are beating Buffalo next week. And I think that – I do think that they might lose the Ravens in the AFC Championship, but I think that this is – like they're going to turn it on. They're going to play well. And, yeah, like I think that they came in and they did exactly what they needed to do. Home field advantage had never been more of an advantage. Yep, I agree. I also mm-hmm. think two was a fraud, so yep. he proved that again. Tyree Kill bails him out, and that's all he uh, all he's got. So yeah, where I'm at, who knew? Uh, actually, here's a question for you: If if Not the you. Dolphins had gotten um, home field advantage, do you think they would have been able to to rip off a win or two in these playoffs, or did, did it just not matter to you guys? No, it I, wasn't like. Like, let's say this game is flipped. Like, obviously, that's seating things are very different in that case. But if this game is played in Miami, do they have a, do they have a chance? Beach, let me cook here. I'm sorry. I go off. I need to, I need to scratch my own back here because I said <laughs> that the Dolphins were frauds. You okay? did? I said that like three months ago, and everyone disagreed with me wholeheartedly. But the Miami Dolphins have won, I think it's two games over teams that are over 500 in the last, what is it, like a year and a half or something? Like, Come. it's incredible. Like, they are not – that good of a football team. They just are a flashy football team and they put up numbers against bad football teams. I don't think that they're that good. That's 
exactly what happened. They were outclassed on both sides of the ball. Tyreek couldn't save Tua because they schemed for him and like there was nothing that they could do. And maybe they score one more time in Miami, but I don't think that it's really even a game still. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Like I, I get it, like the weather was cold, but it wasn't it wasn't like the field was covered in snow. It's not like it was raining or snowing at that point. Like the only thing Miami would have had an advantage is that it's just warmer. Like <laughs> That's literally it. Like, yeah. I don't think that would have changed the outcome of the game. I think yeah. it would have just like Kyle said, like maybe it changes a little bit, but I don't think they would have won. So I think the chiefs are just too experienced in that situation. Yeah. I agree. I mean, they already beat him in the regular season. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I also don't think that would have really changed anything. So all right, moving on to our last game though. Uh, the Flacco magic has unfortunately expired. Uh, the Cleveland Browns lose to the Houston Texans 45-14. to 14. Um, Houston pulled away late with a couple defensive touchdowns. C.J. Stroud also, I mean, perfect passer rating. Incredible game there. I mean, we got a Davis Mills sighting. Um, awesome, awesome game. Dude, super 16 Stroud. Just cook a really, really good defense. Um, I mean, what are you guys' impressions on, on Houston right now? Um, do they have a shot against Baltimore? Uh, I don't know. Talk about this game and then your thoughts on them moving forward. It's Jover. <laughs> it is. Go ahead, Beach. I'll go after you. I just needed to just get okay. that off my chest. <laughs> I, my impressions is that the Cardinals' first round pick is getting lower and lower with each Houston win, so I'm not happy about that. Don't make this about you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Man. I had to get that off my chest. It's going to be so much better next year when I can root for CJ Stroud. Um, well. <laughs> I have a question, though. One, I think Houston I, – I think they probably lose to Baltimore, but I think it will be a really, really good game. Um, but their future looks great because of C.J. Stroud. But I'm, most, I'm more so asking this to Kyle. Would you rather have C.J. Stroud or Justin Herbert? That's a good question. That's a good question. He already has way more playoff success than Herbert. Well, so, does, hard, Jared, so does Jared Goff. Um, you know, I think I take, I think I take CJ Shroud only because he is a Christian. I like that. Mm. (laughs) All vibes. Mm. I think I take CJ Shroud as well, just because of the aura. Mm. Yeah. You guys are idiots. I hate you guys so much. You guys are just idiots. You're baiting me right now. I know this. You're doing this to get a rise out of me, and it's working. You guys are delusional. You're going to hate. You guys are delusional. You're going to hate on the guy because No. You're going to hate on the guy because it's see that? You just got to lean into it, bro. Bro, did you guys see that meme of that guy? He posted that <laughs> video clip from uh, – what what movie is that? I mean, it's from saying it's the dude oh, Adam's in prison yeah. watching the game, and he's like cheering him on. I was like, that is so out of pocket, man. You can't do that. Oh my gosh, you guys are delusional. There's oh, no way that you guys are actually serious. So I'm just gonna forget that you ever asked that question, Beach. Justin Herbert is an atheist. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. You guys are the worst. Um, how did you say if you think That's they're going to lose to Baltimore? 
Uh, yeah, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose to Baltimore. It's about to be siege over. I don't know how to make that one up. <laughs> yeah, that one is bad. I mean, dude, they've been getting some. It's over. <laughs> okay, I like that one. Um, they've been getting some some comparisons. I mean, to to that twenty twenty one Bengals team. You know, I mean, I don't fully believe it. I mean, their path was a little bit different. I mean, they had to play the Derek Carlos Raiders in the first round and. Tennessee Titans, who were the one seed, I guess, technically that, that season. Um, but I don't know. I think I do think Baltimore is is a, is too good. Um, but I think it'll be a fantastic game. And I mean, they played week one, uh, so it'll be it'll be really fun for that rematch um, and see see how much Stroud has grown since then against a really good defense, well rested too. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Also, watching that Bobby Slovic offense, dude, was so much fun. And that was they similar to the Packers. I mean, dude, their guys were open all the time. I mean, CJ Stroud was throwing dots. There was that one play where um, Stroud was about to get hit, and he just launched it like off his back foot. And the the adjustment to the ball that Nico Collins made to like turn his head, just fantastic football. They're going to be a really good, really really good duo. And then you add Tank Dell back once he heals up. Yep. That'll be that'll be so much fun. Um, Beach, I'm sorry for your draft pick. Yeah, I am too. Thank you. I'm not <laughs> consideration. But all right. Well that's that's it for the playoffs, boys. You guys have any other any other thoughts on the playoffs of the NFL? Who not... wins who wins rookie of the year, do you guys think? If if you could include I think... this game. I, CJ Stroud. Yeah, I would yeah, Stroud I think will win it. I don't, I'm sorry. It's just yeah, I think Stroud wins it. It's it's literally the what same thing you have done. I, that's it's it's he could have been a quarterback growing up. Yeah, he could have been a quarterback. Hundred <laughs> percent. Dude, this is this this is rigged. It it is. Yeah. It's, it's rigged for the quarterback, man. It always is. Yeah, we love quarterbacks. And C.J. Stroud's had a phenomenal year. Probably the best rookie quarterback season as well. So he might he might have he might have. Puka, I'm sorry. Yeah, he'll so. just win MVP next year. All right. If Cooper Cup can't win MVP, I don't think he can. Yeah. Just wait to see what Puka and the MVP can do. What will Puka look like when he has Sam Hartman and Setson Bennett throwing to him? He will look most valuable. That's what he will look. (laughs) You're you're delusional. (laughs) Any final thoughts here, fellas, before we finish up? Jared Goff sucks, and I hate him. (laughs) Judd Fish is a snake. I love I love these final thoughts, boys. Jim Harbaugh of the Chargers. It's happening this week. I'm calling it now. Next time we record, oh, Justin, yeah. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Justin Herbert doesn't believe in God. <laughs> uh, well, hey, thank you all for joining us today. He's got that aura. <laughs> we uh, we have some more for you guys on X, on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube at That's Bingo Pod. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. See you guys. See you guys in heaven, unless you're Justin Herbert. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace.